Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, folks? This is a repeat edition of Hitting the High Notes Jazz Talk. It is I. I am here. You can follow me on the Twitterverse um, uh, at the Who Trans Superman. That's H U U T R N Superman. My anniversary came up. Uh, thank you for people who are tagging me. Who do you think you are? I am. That was the anniversary of this week, uh, Pete Weber. So you can follow me on the Twitterverse or at Jazz High Notes number two. That's at Jazz High Notes number two. Uh, we are here, uh, as always. He he goes to this is 49. Uh, he, he was in Salt Lake checking out the youths today. What's up, um, uh, Jared Barker? I'm good, man. How are you? You know, hanging out. Just, uh, you know, busy, busy week. Uh, we're just trying to get some, you know, get some jazz stuff. We're, we're recording on a Thursday, not a Wednesday. Got, got a lot of things going on. Um, uh, but you know what? It's okay. You know, we're missing the dragon, the dragon's watch this week, but we're, we're bringing on, he highlights the highlighters, uh, the highlighter highlights. He writes for the, um, Hive Network. Uh, what's up, Alma Bean? Alma Bean 23. Howdy. Just trying to make sure the right side of my body can go ahead and be functional for tomorrow. <laughs> so we're relaxing as much as I possibly can. Yeah, Alma's <laughs> Al- 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 been busy busy at uh, work. He's gotten a, a promotion at one job. He's working hard at another job, trying to get another promotion. Just just burning the candle at both ends. I mean, it's, it's good to rest, though. It's good to rest, as I say. Oh, he's I got... Two jobs and the internship, or the internship. The internship is a paid internship, so it's, he's technically oh, a paid, okay. he's a paid gotcha. employee. That's uh, good to know. So yeah, M- money all around. Yes, yeah, so can't, money, can't money, be, money. Uh, too upset with all the money. And if you guys, words, if, baby. I tell him to quit his job, and the, the best way to make money is to do sports online betting, uh, Alma, and you can do that with Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, uh, st- stats, and trends, you can f- uh, follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and with all the best player props. Uh, experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team, and remember to use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, thank you to the Believe Network for having us on uh, their network, uh, hitting the high notes. Proud members of the Believe Network. Uh, so, Alma, you know, since you you know, you haven't taken my advice to, uh, you know, spend all your life savings making bets online, uh, you're still working two jobs. We're we're talking about the Jazz. The Jazz played tonight. Uh, you and Jared uh, just told me before the podcast here. You know, didn't watch the Jazz Magic game. Pretty good game until until the end. Um, Jazz is doing the Jazz stuff. Uh, I'll give you a rundown. The Jazz decide to play uh, Jordan Clarkson. It's very the the weirdest rotation ever. Jordan Clarkson comes in middle of the third quarter and doesn't sit at all. Um, and I also heard that Colin Sexton, like he was on a pretty nice run tonight, and then they just pulled him. Yeah, I mean, it happens every. Like, here's the thing. Like, I think I think Sexton, objectively in my eyes, is better than Jordan Clarkson. I think Keontae George, um, uh, you know, maybe not better, but I think better better suited for this team, uh, for the Jazz, um, should be getting minutes. I think Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn's defense uh, is, is uh, needed in the clutch a lot, and he's not, you know, Jordan Clarkson playing ahead of all three of these guys. It's, it's, it's very crazy. Um, Jordan Clarkson one time in, like, December got pulled from the fourth quarter, uh, made a big fuss about it on the bench, 
uh, the Jazz ended up winning that game, and Jordan Clarkson hasn't sit, sat a fourth quarter since. And I don't know. The, the Jazz are on three paths, or, or, or at least have a couple of masters they're trying to serve, right? Like, they're, yeah, they're how, long, go ahead. how long ago was that game? The Clarkson I don't know. Game it, was, it felt like it was months ago. Like, it happened, like, oh. right before the Jazz, like, like, right in the middle of the Jazz's great run. Or, like, at the beginning of the Jazz's good run. Like, um, they pulled Jordan oh. Clarkson. Are you right, talking about right. the triple-double game? What was that? Are you talking about the triple-double game? No, no, no. There was a game where um, uh, Jordan Clarkson was playing, like, you know, Jordan Clarkson. He was, play- he was just playing like shit. And <sighs> he got pulled oh, in the fourth quarter. Rightfully so. That was, like, that was right before Christmas, if I remember right, because then... He started complaining more that he was getting his time, and then he got the triple double like two or three games after that. Yeah, and what? Then, uh, what I think the Mister Who of Trans is trying to say, uh, he said something about essentially he hates Jordan Clarkson with such a fury that he he needs to let it know in every episode of the show. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of par for the course. It's, I, I, my my stance hasn't changed that much on Jordan Clarkson. No, I, I know. it is tenure from in Utah, but now now it's just mind boggling because look look, you know the the Jazz are they have a they have a couple matches they're trying to serve they're they're trying to win games still like that that's not like you can see it today like they were they, they it was a five minutes left Larry Markkinen gets a dunk the the game's tied at ninety nine they're trying to win these games um, you know they're not putting anybody out with them, uh, phantom injuries this year um, so they're still trying to win games. But they're also trying to, you know, do a youth movement. Um, you know, they're trying to get you know, Bryce Sensible playing time. They're trying to get Taylor Hendricks playing time. They're trying to get Keontae George playing time. Um, can you do? Can you do both the things at one time, and and win? Sure, it's harder, but yeah, you can do that. Jordan Clarkson doesn't fit in either of those paths. Playing Jordan Clarkson in the fourth quarter is not helping you win games. It hasn't helped them win games a lot this year. There's a lot of games where. Uh, Jordan Clarkson feels like they've co- not, maybe not cost the Jazz, but he definitely was not part of the solution uh, to win games. Well, I think to your point, and to be fair to your position, because frankly, Jordan Clarkson, besides the triple-double game and maybe like a month and a half of good play, he's, he's had questionable output for a large portion of the year. And you start wondering, does he fit better on a good team for 15 minutes off the bench than he does for – us as a starter, and you, you, you kind of start telling yourself, well, well that's kind of what he did for us before, right? And that's what he excelled at, that run and gun, you know, when he's off the bench for the scoring punch, a la Alec Bird. I don't, I don't even, like, here's the thing, like, right now he's not any of that. He's just, he's playing 35 minutes a game. It's, it's which, which is the problem. He's probably, pl- he's a veteran. He, things are slowing down for him, you know, aging, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He probably just needs to Fit in that bench role again on a on a good team for like twenty minutes a night, but you're, it's like you're saying we're playing thirty five minutes a night. I, I just thought, probably, it just doesn't make any sense. I like I, I'm then the reason I keep bringing it up because I'm so confused and, and like there's fans all you know we're all just very confused. Like why is he playing so many minutes? Um, right. You know, like I, I haven't seen him sit a fourth. I, I can't remember the last time that I've seen Jordan Carson sit a fourth quarter minute. Right. Um, it's been it's been a long time. Like. And and so now all of a sudden you're you're trying to fit, you know, Colin Sexton minutes in there as well. You well know, but you're, you're, the like, way you're describing it, it makes it feel like the team is kind of stuck in a position with Clarkson on the team because it's like you're holding on to all the nostalgia and the winning and the is that what metamorphosis of a guy. 
and seeing the metamorphosis of a guy, yeah, there are people. That's what people are holding on to. Like I think you're, you're we're kind of talking about two segments of the fan base. You've got the folks who love Jordan Clarkson, mm-hmm. love how he has really kind of embraced Utah and whatnot, and just they gravitate towards him. And it's an it's emotional thing for them. Okay. Like if I, you watch his play on the court and you 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 watch him consistently night in night out and you watch his play, you'd say the performance doesn't warrant the love you have. If you're if you're primarily someone who wants to win games, and his current performance is not really pushing you uh, to winning games. So so, I feel like I'm I'm dancing around, just saying that Jordan Clarkson doesn't fit here anymore. He, he, he's at a stage in his career, and the the Jazz are at a stage as a team that are, they're, they're not compatible. Right? There's, I mean, that's, that, there's no, you don't have no, to hate Jordan Clarkson. No, no argument over here, man. Like, um, I've been trying yeah. to trade Jordan Clarkson for four, four or five years I now. Think, and yeah, I know, but the, but um, the problem is, I think you need to clear, be able to give your clarity to people. And I think I see, I see what you're putting down my, more my, now. My, here's my clarity. My clarity is, I think the Jazz are trying to win games. And I think the Jazz are. Also trying to play um, uh, their rookies more and give them the rookies more uh, more more minutes, and Jordan Clarkson doesn't fit either of those plans, and it boggles my mind. So, yeah, your point. That your it point makes my mind a lot that, of sense. Yeah, unless Will Hardy can come up with an explanation as to why he thinks his reason or reasons trump someone tell our reasons for how his fit. Someone tell Andy Larson or uh, Tony Tony Jones to ask that in the press conference because it's 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 mind boggling. But it's a, um, it's a anyway, really the Jazz the Jazz um, uh, end up losing to the Magic in a close game. Uh, it was a close game until until like the last few minutes. Um, and you know, Jordan Clarkson was just part of, was just part of the problem. There was a couple other things, but it did, it did hamper the Jazz not having Hendricks out there or done um, uh, in that final lineup. But um, uh, so there is actually I guess one path. That I don't know if this is the Jazz plan or not, uh, but people have been talking about it online. Andy Larson tweeted about it, about this uh, 2024 draft pick that the Jazz own that could convey to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, if <laughs> if the Jazz are, are planning on keeping the pick, which is, looks more and more likely by the day, I think playing Jordan Clarkson is the right move then. If, that, if that's the – if, if um, uh, the people who want to keep the pick, play Jordan Clarkson all 48 if you can then because uh, – He's definitely helping the Jazz keep that pick in in, the, in that um, uh, uh, top ten range. Um, <laughs> so, Almo, uh, uh, Jared, actually, the three of us, this trio here, I think we did this episode probably early January. January um, when the Jazz were hot, we were talking. We, we did. I mean, the episode was called <clears throat> two, two, or two, two or two not or whatever it was. Um, we did, yeah. So, so we've talked about this, and then you know, like, so the the again, brand new podcast, uh, the Jazz Pod Club. Go go follow Jack Potting Around uh, at Art Takes Note and at Jay Potting Around. Um, Just to give them a little plug, I was listening to them uh, either yesterday or today. Yep. Uh, their last episode, episode seven, they talked a lot about um, what who who the mystery guy that. That I guess Tony Jones was on their pod, yep. and he told them about this mystery player, Player X, that he felt was between starter and star on the NBA spectrum, a, a move that people would not have expected to happen. Anyways, they did an episode where they talked about who they thought that guy Tony right. was, keeping um, secret was. They, was they, they also talked about um, uh, you know, a good con- conveying the pick, and um, uh, so yeah, so they, they're they're brand new, so 
Give them a follow. Yeah. Give them a listen. They're the Great best. Pod. They're the best jazz podcast on the market. So, um, I take that. Frankly, yes. Take that, David Locke. All right. So, um, <laughs> so, so January fourth, we did this episode to convey or not convey. Um, uh, this is like very early in Alma's tenure of you know coming in and hosting with us. Um, well, I don't mean to take over because I feel like we're not getting giving Alma his due to kind of add his piece in too. So, I, I apologize for the rambling tonight. It's just I, I'm in a rambling mode. For rambling. He's a rambling man. Uh, no, Alma will get the chance yeah, here because good. we're we're talking about. You know, we, we've already talked about like um, uh, you know, whether we want to convey or not convey the pick. Um, Alma, your position at January fourth. You know, uh, you know, uh, basically two months ago, your position was you wanted the Jazz to convey the pick to Oklahoma City this year. Uh, Jared, I, I believe you also did your team convey. Are you still team convey, um, uh, uh, Jared? At, at this point, I've kind of dropped off a of team convey, and I'm in team, team. apathy about the conveying okay. or not conveying. That, that's fair. So I'm just like, it's like whatever happens, happens. I've kind of like lost my position on there, so I just decided I'll take whatever. Okay, so so Alma, um, are you are January 4th um, uh, till now, you know, have you changed your position to convey or not to convey? So I believe when we did that episode, I was definitely pro-convey, but then as time went along and the Jazz got off of their hot streak, and we've like slightly addressed it since then, mm-hmm. we went ahead and were just um, trying to figure out what's the actual way that the team is going to go ahead and go forward. And that's where my stance kind of changed to whatever they need to do to go ahead and like move forward with the story that they're doing, then that's what I'm going to go ahead and go along with. So if they're going to go ahead and, you know, play the way they're playing right now, then I don't see them conveying that pick by any means. I just hope that they go ahead and do it in the best possible fashion and it's over and end up with say the 11th pick after doing badly. And then you're just kind of stuck in the middle doing nothing, but still, giving away this pick when now that I'm actually like starting to do a little bit more research on this draft class, there are some guys that are starting to pop. Uh, welcome. Me, but. Jared, um, but. it's been, it's been too much. Welcome to my land. Welcome to the, you know, whatever happens, happens, you know, like apathy, whatever you want to call it, letting where the chips fall as they may. Um, Again, you feels know, good, man. You feels guys, good you, guys, you, guys you guys know that I try to. Let it go. <laughs> uh, I do try to to be the not too high, not too low guy, right? Um, My only thing is, is oh, that oh. now that I'm like, okay, now that they might actually keep the pick, I have to give myself more work because now I actually have to look at the draft class a little bit deeper <laughs> and like actually see like who do I like in this draft class, who do I want the team to avoid. So, like, to be honest, I would have been much happier with Team Convey because it would like save me time. Time saver. It, <laughs> it would save me time. And then at the same time, it's like, I don't like <laughs> this draft class to start. So now I'm having to convince myself, okay. Well, what I'm hearing more about this class is there's no top, no super high top end talent. So like the first, your first five aren't gonna. Hey, hold on, hold on. Wow, wow, you guys. Weber State legend uh, Dylan Jones is gonna be uh, gonna be a top five pick. So, um, okay, so um, uh, with the performance that Dylan Jones had today, what thirty points, thirty twenty three rebounds, rebounds, nine nine assists, so. With ten game. NBA scouts there, including the scout for Utah Jazz, so yeah. 
Um, I mean, it, it depends on where he falls. Because I mean, if you look what, at those teams, what position, what size are we, you looking for him? He's probably so he's probably for, a shooting. He'd guard. probably be a three or a four. I don't know oh, if he's okay. a four. He's a six six guy. I don't think he's four. He, he's, he'd be a small ball four, oh especially boy. with how Weber State uses him. Yeah, I mean. I would not. I mean, it's I like, mean, he has, a, oh, he has a decent. Oh, game. so we got another another guy who plays locally blowing up. That's cool. Yes, he's That's a he's a Weber State. He's Weber State's own um, uh, Dylan Jones, Dylan Jones. Okay. Anyway, that's uh, so. You know, this this again goes down to we don't always know what draft classes are going to be, and you know, this happens every year. Like, you know, we oh the draft class is horrible. You know, at the beginning of the year, then we get closer to the draft season. People are like, well, they talked themselves into it, so. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, uh, it is, and I, I personally I don't care. Um, all these are chips. Sometimes uh, you know, like even in bad drafts, people pop. Right? Kawhi Leonard was in a bad draft. Uh, you can't have chips without salsa. So, <laughs> so um, uh, you know, you, you gotta you gotta be able to um, uh, you know give yourself chances at getting guys. Um, okay, so um, uh, you know, again, there, there's you know, Andy Larson put a poll out. I believe it was 50-50 to convey or and not convey the pick. Um, I still think uh, I mean I think any position that he thinks it's still better for the Jazz to convey. I don't know if he has a position actually. Never mind. But uh, I mean, you know, a month and a half ago, we we gave the the arguments that maybe the Jazz should convey the pick. Um, what was one of the bigger reasons that you thought Alma that the Jazz should convey the pick to to the uh, to the Thunder? Just so then it's like an out of sight, out of mind type of thing, because I mean, it this draft class is already not looking weak. It's already looking like 2025 is going to be a very hot draft. Uh, even 2026 already has some lingering players to where people are like, oh, yes, you want to go ahead and uh, prepare yourself for 2026. So, which year is the Boozer twins? Uh, I believe they are 25. Oh. Okay, so, so that's like, also the same Cooper year as Cooper Flag as well. So, so after Cooper Flag and whatnot, okay. Yeah, let's um, uh, let's 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 pretend that um, uh, the but, Jazz are not getting Cooper Flag. Let's uh, let's already yeah put that well, out of our mind, folks. I mean, let's hey, just lose yeah. ourselves of that notion because that's yeah, definitely not. But but here's here's the thing: even if the Jazz conveyed the pick this year and Cooper Flag was in play for the Jazz, that doesn't affect next year's pick. Like, if the Jazz are going to be right. good enough to get Cooper Flag, they're still going to get that pick next year. That's, so, again, let's break it down. Go, so, go ahead and go. Conveying, conveying that pick now, you don't have to worry about 2025. That's looking like a better draft class or 2026. Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about – it's we're, not well, for, 20, for us, 2025 is still top eight protected. Top, so 10, top 10 protected. Uh, twenty oh, uh, oh, twenty six. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, so, sorry. So, hold on. so, so, so let's let's talk, let's go back real, real quick. So let's go back to Cooper Flag, right? So people are like, oh well, Cooper Flag's in that draft. If the Jazz are bad enough to get Cooper Flag in that draft, if the Jazz end up with the number one pick, that's still their pick. All right. So it's top ten protected, like we just said. So you know, people. I think people are in their mind that they, they give up this year's pick, the twenty twenty four pick, that. 2025 is going to be gone. Like, no, there's a, and look again, this is, we talked about this. That means the Jazz would have to be bad again. Um, it's not, it's not ideal. No, like no, nobody wants to be bad for this long, but, but, but I think the Jazz have kind of made their bed. Like this is going to be a yeah, long and rebuild. It kind of happens in the situation they're in. Yeah. yeah they, they, they've made their bed to be bad. Hold on your roster. So it's just, yeah. And I mean, not just holes. There's they're some, uh, they're just, you know they're they're not trying to pick guys that are going to help them just barely make the play in. 
You know, right. th- their plan is yeah. To, they're not settling on the guy that's probably going to have the lower ceiling. Like they're going uh, for the high ceiling go, guys. Going to the to to again back to the jackpotting pod. They're talking about guys that Jazz could have been buyers on, and there was names that you know to me were I, I would say underwhelming. Um, uh, some of the guys that they were saying like, oh, it might have been like Marcus Smart. It might have been guys like uh, 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 who else did they say? Gordon Hayward. Um, it could have been, um, cause it, oh, yeah. it, it, it wasn't like Trey Jackpotting around. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, uh, uh, Trey Young level. So the, the, the guys that the Jazz might have bought in, it would have made him better this year, but would have made him better in, you know, enough to win a championship in the next three or four years. And I don't think so. So, um, the Jazz aren't buying unless they're, unless they're going to get somebody that they think is going to, they can pair with Lowry and Keontae, um, and, and make a run at it. So, um, anyway, the Jazz, you know, so again, so the Jazz, if they make, if they don't, uh, I'm sorry, if, if they keep the pick this year, that pick is still protected the next two years. Um, and the Jazz might be bad again next year. And the Jazz, you know, it, the jackpotting around again, you know, going back to their pod, uh, or the, maybe on the Twitter, they said something like, is the top 10 pick better? And, and Alma thought this uh, a month and a half ago that whoever was going to be there at 18 next year, uh, and also gets it. Let's shout out to gets it. Gets it also thinks this too. I, I've seen it on his Twitter. Whoever's going to be available at eighteen next year is going to be better at whoever's at nine this year. Um, and Alma, you said you've been doing a little more research. Do you still feel that way? Do you still feel like the guys that are in the late teens are going to be just so much better than the guys in the top ten in this draft? For this upcoming draft, I mean, granted, you're always going to have better talent at the top of the poll, but like when you're having essentially role players being drafted at say one through five, I think you're going to be getting a better value in those late teens, but you're going to be pretty much having the same talent pool across the board. So why not save yourself a little bit of money, have yourself a lower draft pick and get a player that's going to perform exactly the same as a top five pick. I mean, I mean, it's unlikely the Jazz are going to get a top five pick. Um, uh, this year, but I'm saying like a lot of people are saying like, oh, if the Jazz are going to go ahead and lose, go ahead and start losing, so then you get a better pick. I mean, but it's, with it, how it, this it's, draft class is looking, it seems unlikely. Like, gonna... It's not going to be any different yeah. from drafting somebody at say four or five than say eleven, twelve, thirteen. Those guys, in my opinion, are probably all going to perform the same outside of maybe like a Matas Buzilius or uh, something. No, like, I'm sorry, maybe I, I maybe I said the question wrong. Um, you know. Having the you know a late team pick in twenty twenty five versus a top nine pick in twenty twenty four. Oh, I thought you were saying all twenty twenty four. No, no, no. Like, I'm sorry, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. sorry. Be so, so, so I, I think a lot of people have um, uh, this notion that twenty twenty five is just so much better in terms of draft prospects that um, you know having you know you know say, say the Jazz next year give it the pick, but again it's top ten predicted, so it's probably going to be somewhere between eleven and. Whatever, because um, uh, there's some uh, other, you know, it's, it's jazz, the jazz pick, right? So after eleven, I think, yeah, it's just after eleven, um, and I can't remember. So are there the, the pickups are in 2026, but not 2025, right? So, um, if the Jazz get a pick in the top ten, they still keep it. Is is that right? Am, mm-hmm. I, am I am I that the pick that the Jazz so, will give up is is going to be past ten regardless, right? Yes. Correct. Okay, um, because they let's say the cast pick was in the 
in the top eight, the Jazz would keep that pick. So, um, so again, so so losing a top ten pick in twenty twenty five is not on the table for the Jazz. Um, they might lose, they, they might lose the eleven pick or the 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 eighteenth pick or the fifteenth pick, but we're we're all equating that. Okay, now the guy in twenty twenty fifteen um, at pick fifteen is going to be just worlds better than the guy at number ten or number nine in the 2024 pick, what are your opinions on that, on that Alma? So like, if you go ahead and take a look at the bottom end of what's projected to be the 2025 draft class, there's already guys that I personally recognize because I'm a monster and pay attention to college basketball enough. Um, and even high school basketball, like nationwide. So like even a guy who's projected the 30th pick in next year's draft 2025, Tyrese Proctor from Duke, I would take him over some of these guys that are going to be coming in for uh, the 2024 uh, portion that the Jazz would go ahead and be interested in. Like, let's say, like a Stefan Castle or Jacoby Walter. Yes, they are very talented guys that if the Jazz keep on losing and they keep their pick, that's probably the range they're going to be looking at. I would much rather have a Tyrese Proctor who is going to be one of the last picks next year over these type of guys. So that's where I'm like, why not save your team the money, convey that pick. You're already going to get a late first round pick, which the talent is exactly the same in my opinion across the first round. So just save yourself the money and then you're going to go ahead and get lesser of a contract. So you're not as committed to that player. That like it's it's just more of a business thing for me rather than like a talent thing. Like you're you're just making a better business decision, which mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware, Danny Ainge likes to do more business related deals than, you know, playing favorites unless you're looking at Jordan Clarkson, but I don't think that's a Danny Ainge thing. Yeah, so, I don't think that's a Danny Ainge deal. And and, and that's and, and like, like that's fair, I get it, but you know, uh, people are just like, you know, they're thinking that they're, they're giving up you know, multi-team all-stars at 15 uh, in twenty twenty five, And then at 2019, these guys are going to, or sorry, at, at 2024, at pick nine, these guys are like going to be out of the league. Um, because like they, the only guys that are like in that like teens range that are like currently projected around there that I would maybe toy around with and be like, okay, they might be good once they get to the, L, uh, the NBA. It would be like, Kyle Filipowski, um, Isaiah Collier, I think he needs some time to transition the NBA. Um, I think Tyler Smith, he'll probably be fine with the transition, but I don't see him making that. I think um, uh, Kyle Filipowski's turn. career's over. Yeah, it? Uh, yeah, but that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> and then even Johnny Furpy as well. Like these these guys, I think that when they get into the league, they're going to have a decent amount of hype in that team's range. But just like a lot of the guys who were in that range this year as well, they needed time in the G League, and a lot of people lost hope for them outside of, right. like, let's say, Keontae George or Jaime Hasquez or uh, Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Like, those those were really, like, the only guys that went ahead and made that jump. Um, and then um, Brandon, I can't think of his last name right now, on Golden State. Um, his pit like, those were the guys – but those were the guys who made that jump who weren't expected to make right. that jump. But uh, so I, I the guess... names that I mentioned for this year's draft, like those are the only guys that I could see where fans would be like, oh, I can't believe we missed out on those guys. But I also think that it's going to take them 
a decent amount of time to actually acclimate to the NBA speed. And to be honest, they'll probably spend a decent amount of time in the G League because they're just not going to be used to the speed of the game. I'm so again. You're talking about when you say Brandon, you were talking about pod bonds. Yes, but 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 then pod yeah pod bonds is just a nickname they use over right. there. Um, and yeah, so, I was like, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I've never. It's like Podmensky or something. Um, I've never yes. said it out loud. Okay, but so I guess the point I'm I'm trying to make is that, and, and this is the same point I had back in. We we don't know. I mean, we're getting closer, and again, we're talking ourselves in the 2014 draft, but um, 2024. Jesus, 2014. I wish 2024 draft. Um, but like it just it's like we're we're making a lot of assumptions that again guys that are in the the late teens are just gonna be so much better than the guys in the early early uh, early to late um, I guess what aughts <laughs> um, the nine ten pick um, uh, in in this year's draft and maybe the, there there might be a, a talent gap but I don't know how I don't know how massive it is I guess we're we're making it to be a grand grand canyon size gap and it might not be. Um, Mm. And to be honest, until I'm proven wrong, I think I'm going to die on that hill. And, and, that, and, I, that, and that's fine. I'm like, like forcing myself to like look at some of these guys, and I'm just like, okay, they will be good for and, where they're drafted and the class that they are in. They and, will be deemed good. And, 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 that, and, that, and I, that's I'm like the, having to convince myself of that. And, and, and that's the, the pro for uh, conveying it. Um, and, you know, it happens. Like, like you have a weak draft class every once in a while. Um, doesn't mean there's again. There's doesn't mean there's like not stars in the draft somewhere. Uh, it may not be at the top. It may, you you might find them at ten or fifteen or twenty. Um, you you might find a, a diamond. There, there's more chances of finding diamonds in the rough, I guess. Um, so that that's a that's a pro for you know trying to keep your 2020, 2024 pick more more bites the apple. Uh, another but then that's like a high risk high reward type of thing. Like I mean. You could go ahead and end up with that, say, diamond in the rough, like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, where you got him at, what, 12? Uh, 15, I believe. You know, he ended even further down, where you got him so low, and then he became the talent that he is now. Oh, I I thought he was was at 12, but I could be wrong. Let me, um, uh, Um, 15. But, in 2013, 12 was Steven Adams, 13 was Kelly Olenek, 14 was yeah, Muhammad. He was in our range. He was in our range. Um, Twice. Um, but, like, he was in that teen range. There there was a lot of questions on, like, whether or not he could make that transition. Right, right, right. Building muscle mass. But sorry, then you sorry. have guys that's like Trey Bennett. Who, that's the Trey Burks draft, right? That is Trey Burks draft, correct. Rudy Gobert yep. Trey Burks. <laughs> but then you have guys like Cleveland uh, when they took Anthony Bennett. Right, same year. thought that he was going to be <laughs> saving grace. Right. And he was out of the league in what two, was he? Though? That was like like, like I, we're getting a little off track, but um, uh, I remember that year, and I remember Anthony Bennett was so, like that was a late day surprise going up the board and. Because that was the year I, I believe that there was much like this year, much like twenty twenty four, not a consensus number one. I think Victor Oladipo was, you know, from Indiana was sort of the, the guy there. I mean, that top five was really bad. I mean, when when you got Anthony Bennett out of UNLV, freshman, like he, very late. I I believe Cleveland was trying to get rid of that pick as as, tried really hard to get rid of that pick and couldn't find anybody to, to take it. Uh, I think Norman's Noel who went number six. Um, uh, was was in line for being number one pick that year too. Uh, number two was Victor Oladipo. Three was Otto Porter Jr. 
Um, really, the trade Burke pick, I mean, CJ McCollum's like the best player uh, in the top 10 there, but, um, and he went at number 10. Uh, but I guess, uh, you know, so that there is a danger if the Jazz don't convey the pick that, you know, the 2015 pick in the 18, 15, 12, 11 range is going to be way better than the pick this year. Uh, I don't know if but it might be better. I don't know if it's going to be way better. Okay, so uh, we're, we're still talking about, you know, other reasons that um, uh, the Jazz should or should not convey the pick. Because, um, again, the Jazz have just gone so cold since the, the trade deadline, you know, have ruined any consistency consistency they had. Uh, it looks like they're going to be able to keep the pick this year. And, you know, some people, you know, half the Jazz fans don't like that. Um, what's another re- another reason that I've, I've seen, uh, uh, guys, is um, it, it hampers uh, – the Jazz's ability to make trades. Uh, Alma, do you want to kind of uh, uh, embellish on that? So if they don't convey that pick, that means that they really can't trade their own pick in 2025, 2026, whatever. Like they're held to not being able to give up that asset where if they go ahead and convey their pick this year, that gives them more flexibility in any sort of trade talks that they may have going forward. So that's where I'm still leaning more towards the convey side because Danny Ainge is going to want to do what's best for the team as a business. And if you are going to go ahead and just hunker down and actually make use of these picks, then you are limiting yourself on what you can go ahead and do on the business side. So, mm-hmm. and so I think that the team should go ahead and lean into that so then they can go ahead and open up more doors and more opportunities for the team to mm-hmm. either expand and maybe get more, I don't even want to say like talent, but I want to say like more uh, role players to go ahead and build out the bench side of their rosters and they can go ahead and focus on their stars like say Lowry Marketing. So then they can go ahead and know who their starters are going to go ahead and be, how they can build around them, and then go ahead and have a supportive cast beneath them by using those uh, draft assets, which the only way you can do that is by conveying, because then you know exactly what you can go ahead and offer. When, If you don't, it's kind of just up in the air, and you're like, eh, you can call back during the offseason, and maybe we can figure out a different deal once we know what we actually can give you. And that's and, that's fair, right? Or they could try to throw a a free agent contract at somebody who's restricted, like uh, what, Moses Moody on the Warriors. Right. Yes, I know. Um, I'm like, it's just still alive and well. Um, but like going back to like the the trading part of of this uh, for the conveying the pick, right? Like, uh, I, what you said is all all well and good, um, but this is sort of a un- unique situation for the Jazz because you know if the Jazz only had their own picks, this would be a problem. You know, uh, I think I think Portland felt this problem when they traded a, a protected pick to the Bulls, um, and but the you know the pick has so many protections on it that it kept you know it kept them uh, it kept staying with the Blazers and the Blazers weren't able to trade any more future picks because uh, they had that one uh, Chicago Chicago but the Jazz have their own picks they have the next three Cavaliers picks they have uh, the next three you know with light protections. Wolves pick. They have um, the Lakers pick. They have, uh, you know, this year they have the 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 Thunder pick. They have uh, a high second round pick. They have other options. Um, so when people talk about, you know, like 
okay, you know, we need more flex. The Jazz need more flexibility in trading their own picks. They're they, they have other picks to choose from. Um, you know, like as, as the further down the line that we get with these years, those picks become muddy. Like we don't know what the Jazz are going to look like in twenty six or twenty seven or twenty eight. We don't know what the Wolves and the Cavs. Uh, that's why tr- you know these teams are a little worried about trading picks that are five you know four four or five years down the line because it might it might be you know a, you know if, if it's unprotected it might be the number two pick in the draft um so yeah so you know we, we're talking about you know the jazz not you know having their hands aren't tied their their hands are you know uh, they're a little bi- they're, they're banded a little bit but there's other there's other picks that the jazz can do um other other moves that they could they could make like okay well we can't trade our pick the jazz can't trade their own pick but they have, you know, literally like ten other picks they can choose, first round picks they can choose from. So, but it's uh, been mentioned multiple times from the beat writers yeah. that the team wants to go ahead and have uh, the draft capital and financial flexibility. Mm-hmm. So, if by conveying that pick, that would go ahead and maximize the draft capital that they have access to and their financial yeah. flexibility as far as. I mean, it would. Assets. It would. I agree. It would maximize it, but it's it's not like the Jazz aren't operating at ninety percent of that capacity anyway. Um, you know, like it's 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 such, it's one of the things that like if the Jazz wanted to trade some of those picks away, I don't think that one Jazz pick is going to because I don't I don't think the Jazz are trading one pick for a player. I think the Jazz are making multiple draft picks. Like if, if the Jazz are doing the disgruntled star route, I think they're you know they're, they're probably going to have to give up half those picks anyway. Um, so I, I just don't see where one one draft pick that's a little tied up. Is going to hurt the Jazz that much? So, you know, that's but just... right now, if you look at that pick, mm-hmm. it's containing three draft picks right now. If it's not conveyed, it's the 2024, 25, and 26 that the Jazz cannot move whatsoever until they have conveyed their pick, or that whole deal has completely dissolved. But, but if it is conveyed, now you get access to those other two picks. It's not they have, held down by any other no, deal no, in the process. No, but it's still no, one pick. But it's still one pick. It's still one pick, yeah, because... like. But I'm saying if, if the pick is not conveyed, now 2025 has to be available for Oklahoma City. If that's yeah, not conveyed, no, no, 2026 has to be available. I get that part. But I'm saying like the Jazz have so many other picks anyway. Like It's, it's, yeah. one, it's one pick. You and know, the Jazz can't trade back-to-back picks, well, so it doesn't matter. Well, no. The, the well, that's the thing. That's that, that's why the Jazz. That's why the picks held up, right? Because if the Jazz have to convey it in twenty twenty four, can't convey it in twenty. That's, that's what I'm saying. Is that because the the steeping rule, the Jazz, you know, the, that Jazz pick is held up till twenty six. But there are so many other options. I think that I, I, it's hard for me to say that one Jazz pick. Is going to There's hold so up. much flexibility and fluidity. Yeah. And, so I mean, I, I get the I get that argument, yeah. but again, I, I look at it I'm like there's so many other like it's, it's hard for me to think of a deal where like you know say there's, well, there's, it's hard for me to think that that's like just the value, just enough value for the other team to to go. Oh yeah, we're giving you Giannis. I just I don't get it. Yeah, and and so I mean, uh, and, and I'm just you know again making the we're, we're trying to break it down because people are, you know I hear that I, oops I hear that. 
argument a lot. Like, like, oh, well, the Jazz need the yeah, flexibility. Unless, unless Giannis came out and publicly said, "I want to be well, traded." It's, it's, to not even, it's not even Giannis. It's like the, I think that you know the uh, you know take you know we're, you know because Giannis is not even on the board right now, right? It's, it's not no, I know, play. but I'm just throwing out um, a random, but, but a seemingly it, untouchable name. But it's it's more of like the Jazz. You know, we're saying the Jazz will have not not have any flexibility, or like the Jazz, uh, not. It, or the Jazz, I mean, having the one pick that they can't trade, they have a lot of other picks that I believe uh, are available that, you know, if you, if you can't slot that Lakers 2027 pick instead of a Jazz pick, then wh- why do you even have it, I guess? Um, I think at some point, you know, all the picks are are going to be valued as, as, as picks, as assets. Um, and, you know, the Jazz not having control of their own pick till 2026, it just doesn't seem like that big a deal. They have... You know, unprotected Cavaliers picks. They have unprotected Timberwolves picks. They have uh, top four protected Lakers pick. Um, they can trade their own twenty twenty eight pick. Um, so it, it yeah it does it does bind the Jazz flexibility a little bit, but they're still operating at I believe ninety percent of capacity. But even with all those other picks that they do have, yep, their own pick, they know exactly what will happen with it, like mm-hmm. how they perform on the court. They know exactly what it, where it's right. going to go ahead and end up is whether there's a lottery pick right. after that, what have you. But with those other picks, right. you're taking the risk, and maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but when you're trading it, you don't know. You're just hoping that the other team does bad enough for you to go ahead and get a decent pick. Mm-hmm. And well, let, long-term, if you're trading it out, uh... out far enough, you're going to go ahead and wonder – was that pick worth right. it? Like it's the whole. Well, I mean, um, if the, if the, like the Chet Holmgren. I mean, uh, well, you, you're making the argument of like the Jazz can control their own destiny with those picks, but if they're trading it, that doesn't matter, uh, because if they're going to keep that pick, they. But would... it's it's a matter of getting the value out of it. Like mm-hmm. they know what the value will be of their own picks based off right. of their performance. They cannot control the value of those other picks based off of another team's performance. Right, but, all we know, but if they're Minnesota training it, and Cleveland can go ahead and be playoff teams. No, no, all the way out I get that. So, so why does it matter out? if the Jazz are trying to, if, if the Jazz are saying that we want to control the, the that, you know, that their own pick, it doesn't matter in a trade then because they're not going to, they're not going to trade a pick that they're Their own pick, on. they'll be able to go ahead and make the value of it higher if they really want to. Granted, they can't say that publicly. Right. But, 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 but I the mean, the worse they perform, the higher value of that draft pick right. where, Minnesota is probably going to be bottom twenties, maybe thirty. Are they? Are they, are they going to? Probably going to be that range. Right, right. But so, are, are they going to? I mean, so we're talking about. So it, in a trade, that's going to go ahead and be more valuable if you're going to in, the, in that year, in that, in that, in that, in that year, right? In that year, because I'm a, you know, if the Jazz are going to make that pick more valuable. It will only affect the year that they're going to trade it. It will only affect them Correct. this year, twenty twenty four. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty four. Um, next year, if they wanted to make that trade, you know, quote, quote, more valuable, they would lose, and that would. I, I get what you're saying that they can make the trade more, the, that pick more valuable by sucking or or tanking, but why would the Jazz do that and and then trade the trade trade the pick away? Um, and that only affects them in the year that they're trading it. They could do that next year anyway. You know, make, make their well. The, that that's why I'm trying to say like this year, I'd much rather than convey so then. It is their pick to go ahead and make the decision where if they don't convey the pick this year, they have to have that on their mindset for 2025. If that doesn't convey then, it has to go on to 2026. It's just a lingering weight that's unnecessary. See, and I, I mean, I, I guess, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you and I are just different, different opinions. I, I don't think it matters. Um, 
I, I mean, like you say, lingering weight. I'm like, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's a little bit, but I just like unless you think that the Jazz are really going to be that bad for that long, and saying that they are going to still be within that top eight range, then by all means keep your pick because then it just dissolves and it just I think it's just a cash buyout yeah. or something. I mean, then the, the, so the, like if it ends real... up being that, if you think that the team can go ahead and do that, by all means keep your pick. I mean, but... there's a real argument that that could happen. But um, I, I genuinely don't think as long as Lowry Markkinen is on this team, I don't think that there's a way for them to go ahead and I convince mean, fans that that is going to be a route that they can go ahead and do consistently and keep a majority of these faces on that team. I mean, there. I think there's also a legitimate chance that a lot of the players that are playing on the Jazz in 2024, you know, half of them won't be here in two years. Um, I, I think that's... I think that's a, a legit um, uh, uh, argument as well. Like you know, Larry Markin, I, you know, I, I I will say right now publicly, uh, February twenty ninth, leap year, twenty twenty four, that I think Larry Markin will be on a max contract, max extension on the Jazz team in twenty twenty five. I do not know if Larry Markin will be on this team after the trade deadline in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. Um, that is. My prediction I, that that could happen. Um, so uh, again, you know, it's just one of those things that if this is a long term build for the Jazz, Larry Markkinen um, may not may or may not be part of that rebuild. You know, and you know, a lot of Jazz fans have already turned turned off. Mar, Mar, Marnay has has stopped listening. Uh, but I think there's a legit argument to be made that that could happen because um, this is a long rebuild and. Um, you know, if if the Jazz thought Larry Markkinen is the number one that they can build around, then they have to make a move in the next two years to do it. Uh, regardless, if they don't, then it's you know we're, we're talking about you know like NBA purgatory all the time, right? Uh, the Jazz are sort of in that uh, area because partly because of um, uh, Larry Markkinen's um, uh, great play. So, you know, it, it, it's it's not ideal re- rebuild for the Jazz, but this I mean I, again, guys, I you know I said this. Two years ago, you know, when they traded away uh, Donovan and Rudy, this is going to be a long rebuild. You know, Lowry playing ended up being much better than I thought he was going to be. Colin Sexton ended up being much uh, better than I think he, I thought he was going to be. Um, for, for a little while, I'm like, okay, well, maybe the Jazz have something here. But I, I look at this roster, you know, here, uh, you know, again, leap year 2024. I'm like, you know, some of these players, you know, Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkson, uh, one of the rookies. Uh, Walker Kessler, Larry Martin, they're all in play to not be here in 2026. And, you know, I think that's just the way the Jazz are, are going to build. Um, and it's, again, I said last week, until the Jazz find who their number one player is, is it Larry Markkinen? Is it Keontae George? None of it is going to matter. So, um, yeah, so I think there's, you know, there's a legit... Uh, you know, path that you know we. I guess we sometimes think of the NBA as li- linear. Like, okay, so they were bad this year, they will get better next year. I don't know. I mean, they they could. They'll they'll add some. You know, obviously add up to three rookie or uh, two to three rookies in this draft class. Uh, you know, the free agency again. They'll, they'll probably bring Larry Markin back. This Jazz team could be better next year, but I mean, look at what they're putting out there right now. Uh. Since the trade deadline, they they've had some you know they've had some close games against the Warriors, 
uh, but they get they get blown up by the Suns. They're they're just getting blown out by, you know, teams that you shouldn't. You know, the, the only team they beat is the Spurs, who beat the Thunder. So I guess the Jazz are better than the Thunder. But um, yeah, I, I think that that that's gonna be hard for fans, right? Like rebuilds are not easy. You know, Logan talked about how he he's like he'd rather go back to two years ago with uh, Donovan and Rudy um, because like he hates rebuilds and rebuilds suck. But I, I think that's the the cycle of the NBA is that. At some point, you know, you got to start rebuilding. And if you try to rebuild with, you know, let, let's say let's say the Jazz went and got, you know, you know Zach Levine if he was healthy, you know, um, the Jazz were able to get Zach Levine. It, they paid an okay price for him, not not cheap, not expensive. Um, that team would be better. That that Jazz team would be, would be better. But you know, that that's where I think the Jazz would get in trouble by building around guys that are are not. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown slash Jason Tatum type levels. Uh, we see a lot of these NBA teams that are, you know, the Bulls. You know, the Bulls. The Bulls thought Zach Levine. They, they you know, that guy was an all-star. Um, he looked like they were going to lead. And for, for a minute, they, they, they went and got DeMar, DeMar DeRozan. They traded a whole bunch of draft capital to get Nikola, uh, uh, shoot. Um, Vucevic. Vucevic, thank you. I, I kept trying to say Jokic. Uh, Vucevic. Um, and and you know they mortgaged everything because they, they thought that Zach Levine was the number Don't one. Don't forget about Lonzo uh, and Lonzo. Like so, they're, they they took a shot and it blew up in their face. It blew up spectacularly. It was it's crazy how bad it was because they built around the wrong wrong guy. Um, and so I think there's a you know I'm not, I don't know if Larry is the right guy or not. I don't know if Keontae George is the right guy or not. But if you're a front office, you know you got to make that decision and. The way the Jazz have kind of gone through these two last off seasons, or sorry, two last trade deadline seasons, kind of makes me think that I don't think that they're ready to commit to Larry Markkinen as their guy. So uh, that 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 one actually went way deeper than I thought it was going to be. We're just talk, we're just trying to talk about conveying a pick this year, guys. Um, is there any other um, arguments? To make uh, Alma about um, uh, conveying the pick to Thunder, we talked about you know flexibility and trades. We talked about the draft classes. Um, is there any other uh, arguments that I can't think of any right now? I mean, shoot! After twenty minutes of going over it, I, I think we've gone over Good. a decent amount. Of uh, well, th- th- this episode is yeah. This this episode is primarily for Logan, who couldn't be here tonight. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I think he was talking to some guys online, and he was like, "I don't know, what, I don't know what the right answer is." Someone just tell me what the right answer is. So I wanted to take a second and go back, you know, to you know do do a redux of our episode from Jan- from January and talk about it in in depth and kind of give examples. And I hope we did that. So, uh, Alma, what's uh, what's new with you? Um, what's new with the Jazz? What's new with the Hive? Um, so, you know, get to take a, a little break here now that the Jazz are on their road trip. Uh, so kind of just taking a backseat at the moment and just waiting for them to come back home. Hopefully they'll go ahead and bring back a win yeah. in some capacity because, I mean, they're going to Miami and then playing Washington. So at least hopefully they can get a win against Washington and then coming home to play the Bulls. So. Hopefully they'll be able to get some uh, I think wins they're and playing, make my job a little bit easier. I think they're playing writing. Washington at home, right? The Heat on the road, Washington at home, I yes. believe. Yes. So. Yeah, my bad. Coming home Washington, to Washington here, yep. Chicago here. Yep. So. But again, it's it's a nice nice little break. But you know, hopefully they'll be able to go ahead and 
get some wins, make the rookie, uh, rookies look a little bit better. No. Um, but, you know, getting uh, to sit back and relax, can't complain with those things. J-Rod, um, uh, and, you know, we, we've already burst through our time. We took a lot more time on this than I thought we were going to do, but... Um, uh, you know, we were going to talk about rookie development. Have you had a chance to like sit down, watch the game with the rookies in it, Hendricks, Sensabaugh, and um, and Keontae playing extended minutes? Yeah, I was uh, at one of those games actually. And um, how do you how do you feel like you know getting like you know this is one of the things that like we we talked about the G League for Sensabaugh and Hendricks and you know Keontae Honestly, George is your boy. So. I think I think the G League helped. Uh, Sensabaugh for sure because he just seems like he's trying a lot more on defense than he did in college, and so that's nice. Yes, um, Sensabaugh definitely impressed me. I I was very happy to see he's what running I saw the floor. Those minutes he like, had. Yeah, he was running the floor. His de- he was poking. He poked the ball out loose from his guy like two different times. Like he was, and he had some confident shots in there too. Like I. I was very impressed based off of what I saw, what I heard. I want to say that was the Bucks in the game. G League. Like I was, I was very happy to see how he performed. Granted, I'm not going to go out there and be like, "All right, he needs to go ahead and have at least 20 minutes a game. He needs to maybe be fighting for a starting position." No, he still has some fundamental things that he needs to do. But based off of what I saw and heard from earlier in the season when he was with the G League, I'm I'm impressed. Uh yeah he was okay today in, in Orlando I know you guys didn't watch the game but he was yeah he was fine, um yeah and then and Hendricks and uh, look at you know everybody is kind of back on the Hendricks board I don't know if G League was the right move for him I mean I'm glad he got some playing time so he wasn't just sitting cold but you know I'm just glad the defensive chops show through immediately yep, yep. like. We put him on the floor, and we become a better defensive team. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, like, it, like you know, again, Hendricks is someone I'm willing to give another year uh, as if I was the GM because you drafted him for a specific, um, specific reason, really. Like, um, like, like he had he has intangibles. Like, he has a body. Uh, he has a length that you don't get anywhere else. So you, you know, as I say, you can't teach that. So. Uh, all right, Jared. Any anything anything uh, big happen with you, Jared? Uh, did you say shoutouts or what? Shoutouts or I mean anything? Uh, you know, we we got like five minutes before we have to leave here, so I was just trying to trying to help you drive the bus, basically. Oh, um, I got you. I got you. Uh, I do believe I'm following. I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to. Uh, let me see. Dead air, we've got dead air. <laughs> Filling in the silence with the song because Jer was looking something up. Uh, uh, yeah, I should have had that at the ready for you. Again, uh, shout out to Art Take no- Art Takes Note and Jay Potting Around. Jack Potting Around, part of the Jazz Pod Co-op. Uh, as the highlighter highlights, Alma, um, uh, you know, so Alma's taking a break. He took a break from his two jobs today. Uh, rested. Am I getting the body? How, how are you in- enjoying your inter- internship? To be honest, like I know I told you this like one on one, but like I'm genuinely enjoying the internship. Like it's a lot more than I anticipated. I've done a lot more work than I expected. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like once uh, Matt came back, I was like, I felt like I kind of took a back seat, and that kind of hit me for a second. But I was just like, hey. He doesn't know what I can do. I'll just wait until he needs me. So 
to be honest, uh, for tomorrow, uh, that kind of like puts me back up in that seat to being like, oh, yeah. we need to depend on Alma a little bit more. So that will kind of allow me to like show him that I am capable. And I'm sure that he's now aware that I am capable to do quite a few things. Show me what you're capable but, of. Yeah. So, but like, I, I felt like I kind of had to take a, a step back once he came back in. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many of you guys to where like, right. I'm just not needed as much. It's, it's and I know of... I've explained that. So, like, so Matt, Sam Matt is our, is our that. executive producer here. Uh, I, he, he is, you know, technically my boss. Um, you know, everything goes through him. So when he was gone, I sort of like, I was trying to step up and like, okay, cool. Like he, he left right when we were getting two new interns and, uh, I was just trying to, you know, kind of, you know, as, as Jared knows, drive the bus metaphorically. Uh, you know, I, I do it differently though. I, I do, I do it in a different metaphor than he does though, but, uh, I try to keep, keep the bus on the, because on, I actually, because I actually don't do a metaphor. I actually uh, drive it. And, gotcha. and you do drive the bus and, um, uh, you know, I try to keep the, the train on the tracks, I guess is the metaphor I'm going to use. Um, I was trying to keep the train we on the tracks. Too. And so, um, UTA. uh, uh, we do that too. Train I was, uh, you know, trying to help to help, help our, uh, interns get acclimated with, with everything. So it is weird having, you know, like the real, the real boss back in, <laughs> back in town. Um, uh, Jared, did you find um, what you're what you're looking for? I gave up. I okay. was going to tell you, you gentlemen, up. it's been a pleasure. All right. Well, um, uh, shout out to Dragon's Watch. I hope, um, uh, you know, he might be the only person that listens to this episode anyway. So I hope that he got what he needed out of it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, go listen to um, uh, Jack Potting Around. Go listen to the twos and threes. They're, they're coming out semi weekly, I think, right now. Um, uh, twos and threes are back. So that, that's nice. Mark and, uh, Mark and Doug. Uh, who else, Marcus? And then um, uh, you know I haven't I haven't seen Jabber Jazz in a minute, so um, uh, you know you know he might be he might be on hiatus for a little bit. Uh, and R.I.P. J- Jazz Gals, we miss them, we miss them a lot. So uh, Jazz Pod Co-op, uh, also the Believe Network, which is actually the real network we're part of, but you know we're, we can be part of two networks. Um, and uh, you can follow Alma Bean at Alma Bean twenty three. You can follow Jared at Go the Distance forty nine. Uh, you can follow his burner at um, uh, Drive the Bus forty nine. And uh, you can follow me at Hoop Transit Man, that's H U T R N Superman, and we'll see you guys next time.